everybody. Welcome back to the Everything Jesus podcast. My name is Dr. Billy Birch, and this is my wife, Kim. Hi, everybody. And we are here talking about, in this episode, I guess 21, mm-hmm. um, a, an amazing miracle. Mm-hmm. Amazing really miracle is. of a lot of people having needs met. And yeah. I think Jesus always has a reason for doing a miracle that is that kind of supersedes just the miracle itself. Right. It's want- always it's a sign pointing to something, some greater truth, greater reality. Absolutely. Always. Mm-hmm. And so we have this whole thing we're going to read today. I can't yeah. wait. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Right, yeah. right. So as we're getting ready to dive into it, I was sort of thinking about this question in my mind, and I want you as the listener to entertain this in your own life. What are some of the needs facing you in your life or the lives of those around you? Mm. You know, and just start pulling them out. What are some needs that are facing you? Mm -hmm. What are some needs facing your friends, your family? And as you kind of start sort of unveiling those in your head and laying them out in, in front of yourself, as you look at those needs, do you feel like you have the resources to meet those needs? Mm. You know, and if you're, if you're anything like me, as I start to unpack my needs and the needs of my family and friends, I look at it and say, I have very insufficient yeah, resources yeah. for these deep needs. You know, I'm thinking about people struggling in their work or struggling in family life with a child or in a marriage relationship or, you know, just depression. I talked to a lady yesterday at church who had just had to take her sister off of life support, yeah, you know, so yeah. the, the diversity of pain just... and needs in our world. Yeah. And we look at them and we say, I don't have the resources to fix this for mm-hmm. this person. Mm-hmm. And that's somewhat what we're going to see today. I totally agree. And what a, that is such a good question. That is a really good question for us to think about, especially the part that you say, what resources do we have to meet these needs? Mm-hmm. Um, then this is going to be a good story. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you can read the first couple verses. Okay, so here we are. We're going to be looking at... Now, this is a miracle that's told in all four of the Gospels, which makes it jump out as yeah. it must be highly that's important. So true. But we're looking at the version uh, in John chapter 6, so starting at verse 1. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So, you know, I want to give a little bit of context. You know, if you read some of the other examples in the other Gospels about this story, you learn that John the Baptist had just been executed, mm-hmm. okay? And they just brought this news back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we haven't talked about John the Baptist sort of since the beginning of the story, that yeah. he was this prophet who was a forerunner of Jesus right. um, and was at Jesus's baptism. He had baptized Jesus, you know, so really significant in Jesus's Very significant life. And significant as that. And I think that when Jesus found out that he was executed... I believe Jesus had compassion. I believe he felt grief. Mm -hmm. I even believe that Jesus might have felt a tinge of responsibility Ah. because he was the one that was proclaiming, clear the way, smooth out the paths, here comes the king, you know? And that eventually got him into trouble, Mm. you know what I mean? And also um, just the way he was trying to live for Jesus and live God's way, and it it just... was probably anguish. And so Mm. when it says after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, 
I believe Jesus was getting away. Yeah. I believe he just, man, I just, just got to get away, mm-hmm. you know. When, when hard things come upon us and we feel this grief, sometimes we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And Jesus often withdrew, often went to be with his father, mm-hmm. um, with or with his disciples, sometimes alone, you know. Yeah. With or without his disciples, I think I yeah. meant to say. Uh-huh. Sometimes he used to go alone, and um, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's he's feeling some emotional things, and he could benefit from some um, sort of time to oh yeah like, resuscitate and refresh. But the crowds are always there, and here yeah, they well are that, again. And we haven't gotten to that yet, okay. but it will say in the very next verse. That, that all the crowds came mm-hmm. and they found Jesus. I'm going back to Mark chapter 6, because mm-hmm. I'm going to go into that uh, story a, a little bit, just to say Jesus was uh, Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while, mm-hmm. after he had heard the news, right after he'd heard the news. And he said this, but so many people were coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat, mm. okay? Um, they, they, they left the boat again for a quiet place and, and many people recognized them and people's people ran ahead of Jesus. They saw where the boat was going and they ran along the coast to meet Jesus, even though Jesus was once again trying to find some peace and quiet, Mm -hmm. you know, but then Jesus, it says, saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Mm-hmm. I think that's really telling that, you know, we had all these people that had these needs. I think your question is so good in the beginning because now you, you're talking about a whole crowd of people who obviously had all these needs, even if their need was just to hear more of his teaching. Many of them came for healing. They came to be exposed to what might be a prophet mm-hmm. or even the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so they came running. Um, and I think that, you know, when Jesus said that he saw them with compassion, they were like sheep without a shepherd. We all know what a sheep is. Mm. It's dumb, it's defenseless, and it's directionless. Mm, so true. And they lack knowledge to, to make wise decisions. They're vulnerable to attack. They struggle to make decisions. How much does that sound like me? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. how much does that sound like us as people? And Jesus yet has compassion on them. So he begins to teach them. He knows they're defenseless. He knows they, they're prone to making bad decisions. And Jesus comes along in his, in his compassion mm-hmm. and begins to teach them. Yeah. And I think that that goes along with what's said in the prophecies, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. Hmm. And then the next verse says, he will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. You know, mm-hmm. And so it, it is prophesied that Jesus is going to be the shepherd who's going to teach them many things. And I just didn't want to move on in this passage without everybody understanding the context of Jesus needing to get away, just heard about his friend and forerunner and fellow partner in ministry, John the Baptist, gets away, all the crowds rush at him at every angle, and he has compassion. Now he wants to teach them. Yeah. Now we can go on in the story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He knows we are but dust. He knows that we are frail and have Mm -hmm. needs, and he didn't expect anything other than that from the people. Sure. And when the crowd came, he he was accepting of that. That's right. They came with their own neediness. That's right. 
Okay. Do you want me to continue then? Or yeah, continue? if you want to, uh, verse 5. I'm starting at verse 5. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? Okay. And it says Jesus fed the 5,000, and it's and they always counted the men, so it's 5,000 men. So a lot of commentators say you're looking at 15,000 to mm. 20,000 people if you include the women and children. Mm. This is a massive, massive crowd. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus' question must have seemed absurd. Yeah, right, you know, right. The disciples knew they didn't have the resources for this. And it would have been a huge expenditure to try to purchase the food for this many people. You know, even if they could have found enough little merchants and vendors in the town to sell them enough food, it wouldn't. They wouldn't have had the money for it. We're talking, Absolutely. you know, what, what eight months of wages or something to make this happen to even give each person a little bite of what the food exactly, was. Exactly, exactly. And so Philip's response is. Probably would have been my response. Mm-hmm. Are you crazy? Are you kidding me? You know, we're looking at 15,000 people here. And even if we work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in life sometimes the Lord lets us lay our eyes on the enormity of the need. Yeah. We look at something, we say, that is huge. It yeah. is way beyond me to make a dent in this. It's an enormous need. So I'm seeing the huge need. And then right after that, I'm seeing my inability to meet that need. That's exactly That's, that's right. where Philip is. He's oh, realistic here. Yeah, very realistic. And even Andrew, I think is it's really interesting. Um, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. Now, if he had stopped there, it would not have been a bad statement, but he continues on. Good point. You know, it wouldn't have been. There's a young boy here with two, with five barley loaves and two fish. May have seemed like, I don't know. I have some faith. We I have some might, faith. We got Jesus, to work you can with. do this, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but he continues. Which, what good is that with this huge crowd? So he discounts, that? Yeah. discounts that Jesus would be able to do anything with that. Exactly. Don't mm. we do that? Oh, boy, yeah. I mean, we, we see this big need and we see that Jesus, Jesus can meet this. But then we discount that. Listen, the, the, the thing that makes me, um, I don't know, think about this a little more, is that standing right in front of them, they overlooked the fact that this kingdom power in Jesus... Okay, God himself in Jesus fed hundreds and hundreds of thousands mm. in the desert. Okay. With manna, you know, with the quail. Okay. It fed them every day. Okay, so you give a little ta- context to that because you're talking about an Old Testament story. We That's haven't right. talked about it That's yet. That's right. There was the, the Israelites were wandering around in the, in the wilderness with Moses and they started complaining. We don't have any food. Oh my gosh, we're going to all die. And God's like, tell you what, I'm going to feed you, but I'm going to only feed you once a day, mm. you know, and I'm going to give you all the bread for that day. And he drops manna out of heaven. No kidding. Rains down bread mm-hmm. onto the ground. People could pick up basketfuls of bread for that day but you couldn't keep it past that day right. or it would rot. Right. And God was teaching him a lesson. I will, I will provide for you for the day, mm-hmm. okay? Then they complained again, and they're like, oh, we get is this nasty bread, bread and water, bread and water, <laughs> bread and water. It's like, okay. So he sends quail, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in the, sa- in the same fashion. And God provides. Yeah. And 
Yeah. That was hundreds of thousands, not a million, might have been a million people. Okay. You know what I mean? So he's done an even greater oh miracle than what's in yeah. front of him right now. The thing that I was noticing was this miracle reminds me a little bit of where all the miracles began as Jesus's life was unfolding, mm. the miracle of turning the water into wine. He started with something. Yeah. It's very interesting. He could have created it out of nothing, could but have. he starts with something that you look at and say, that is entirely insufficient right. for the need. Right. It's not going to take care of it. And then he makes it work. He makes it meet the need. Yeah, you know, man. he turned that water so into true. wine. And so you're, you're kind of hoping the disciples would have some faith here that Jesus could do something. He's got a little bit to work with, these little five barley loaves and two fish. He's got a little something. But yeah. Andrew, Andrew falls a little short saying, what good is that? And we feel that way in our lives, don't we? Yeah, we do. We look at we absolutely do. these needs in front of us. We look at our tiny little resources and we say, what good is that? Yep. What on earth could you do with this, Lord? It's nothing. And, you know, it is funny that Jesus had compassion on them. What did he, what did he say he was going to do? Teach them many things. Oh, so that's going to be his okay. teaching verbally, but it's also going to be his teaching like, watch this, everybody, mm. and going to teach them exactly who he was. Because mm -hmm. the next verse, I'm only going to read half of it. It says, oh, I'll read the whole thing. Tell everyone to sit down, mm. Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus said, tell everyone to sit down. Jesus said, so they all sat down. You know what that was? Hmm. Preparation for a meal. Okay. Tell everybody to sit down. We're about to feed you. Wow. You know what I mean? That's what this was. So if there was this lack of faith in Philip and Andrew and everybody else, all the other disciples, they're like, what do you mean tell everybody to sit down? That's what you do when you say, hey, sit down. You know, we're going to have some food together. Mm. He's like... Watch this. Okay. It would be you know like I mean? passing out the knives and forks and saying something yeah. is coming. Because if, if they would have just been standing, you don't eat standing. Mm. He's inviting them to a meal that has not yet been prepared. Ah. You know? Okay. Okay. Go ahead and read the rest. Okay. So picking up at 11. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same thing with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather up the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king— he slipped away into the hills by himself. And that must have been amazing. That's one of those miracles that I've, I would love to have been there. Mm. would love to have witnessed that. And just more bread just keeps coming out, just mm. coming out, just coming out. And, and he keeps handing out the fish and handing out this. And everybody had plenty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, is, it is interesting to see the little bit was offered mm -hmm. and Jesus was able to multiply it, but he started with that offering. He, his yeah. miraculous work worked through that little tiny offering. Exactly. And I kind of, I don't know, I think about that young boy sometimes, don't you? Mm -hmm. Like Andrew noticed the boy, hey, there's a little kid here with five loaves of bread and two fish. And I don't think Andrew went over and just grabbed it from him, mm -hmm. you know, and then stole it from him and had the kid crying or something like that. You know what I mean? 
Could it have been that Jesus walked over to this young boy and said, may I have these? We're going to share these with everybody. Mm -hmm. And this young boy is thinking, sure, that's all I've got too. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But it's that faith of a child. I'm not saying that the child had faith in Jesus with this. He might have not even known what was going on. But it's that it's that childlike, sure, I'll help. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he gives Jesus the bread, gives him the fish, and mm-hmm. tells everybody to sit down and feeds everybody with it. So Jesus takes the little, mm-hmm. and he makes it big when we offer it to him. Yeah. That, you know? that principle of multiplication we see over and over in Scripture, that he will take yeah. the small, the little seed that's planted and bear a crop of 30, 60, yeah. 100 times what was planted. We talked about that a few episodes ago. Again, it's this multiplication thing. He takes the little and makes it yes. sufficient supernaturally. You know. So going back to where we had started... We in our lives see an enormous need. We look at it. We see our inability to meet the need. Yep. We offer the little that we have. Yeah. And God does the miraculous with it. And it means blessing for many. Yes. Blessing yes. on the other side. That's right. So if the little boy had held on to his lunch, Jesus would have figured out another way to do it. But in our lives, when I hold on to my little bit of resources and I'm stingy with it and I say, I, I can't put that in Jesus's hands, I miss out on blessing and other people are missing out yeah, on blessing. That, you know, Jesus wants to work Absolutely. with the resources he's given us. You know, whatever you have is enough to accomplish the mission God has for you. Mm. If he's given you this little bit of, and, and for everybody listening out there, listen, you have what it takes. Because all you have to do is take what you have and you say, God, I don't have much. All I got is two two pieces of fish and some crackers, man. That's all I've got. And and Jesus is like, I can use that. Mm-hmm. I can do something with that. That is yeah. okay. You are called to give what you have. Mm-hmm. And Jesus will take it and multiply it and bless many. That's such the yeah. lesson here. Yeah. So what do we see about Jesus specifically mm-hmm. in this? You know, as we're looking at it, I'm struck at the end. Is it okay if I zip oh, on yeah. to the end? Yeah, I don't want to miss something that you wanted to talk about. But at the end... The people have seen that he is somebody miraculous, and their response at first is, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Mm -hmm. And then in the next verse, they want to make him be their king. Mm -hmm. So they're realizing there is something about this man, right? So as we're looking at scripture, as we're reading through the gospels, we want to see that he is not a mere man. There is something unique about him. He is fully God and fully man. He is deity. Yeah. That Jesus is supernaturally able to do things that a mere man cannot do. Okay. So that's one thing that comes across really clearly in this scripture that he is God. People saw it. Mm-hmm. And and if you would look in places in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Malachi chapter 4, you would see that this was the prophet they have been expecting. And some of the people that are alert to the scripture, and it was just re- reminded that there is going to be this Messiah that's coming, and he's going to set himself up as the king, ah. as the conqueror, as the victor for all of Israel. And most people were thinking, because it was such an oppressive culture to live in, oppressed by the Romans at that time, they're thinking to themselves, it will set him up as king and he will conquer the Romans. Mm -hmm. 
And, and yet all this while, Jesus is saying, I'm going to set up as king and conquer sin and death. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They weren't aware of that at that point. Right. When they're, but they saw the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're getting on board, but they're just trying to make it happen in their own way, in their fleshly mind, the way that they think it ought to play out. They were looking at him and wanted to make the king, him be the king of man. They wanted him to set up his kingdom on earth. Yeah. Part of it probably was they were like, "Hey, he gives us bread and bread and fish. We we will like that kind of kingdom. Set up your kingdom here." But Jesus wanted to set up the kingdom of God. Yeah, and yeah. it had to do with not him giving them bread and fish, but him being the bread of life. Yeah, and he then after this oh goes goodness. into a teaching that, on that, which I think is awesome. I think we should highlight a couple teaching passages and some of the things Jesus said right after this because he the next day the crowd found him again. Okay, and they uh, found him on the other side of the lake and asked the rabbi, when did you get here? And I'm going to start at verse 26. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you, for God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Mm -hmm. So basically saying that, man... They had not sought him for who he was, but what he could give to them. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. that's why they were coming. Hey, I'm going to get some more food, man. Mm-hmm. That was good. Mm-hmm. Man, let, let's go get some more. It'll be easy. Um, they didn't want him. They wanted his blessings. Ah. And Jesus was calling him them, all of them, calling them out on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they weren't getting it. They weren't understanding. And so... I'm not saying that God is opposed to blessing people. God always brings blessings, but he is opposed to those who just want to use him for their own purposes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's a bigger thing he's doing. And so much of his kingdom has less to do with, the, with what we experience in the here and now and more yeah. to do with the bigger picture of what he's doing in eternity exactly. and across time. And across time and across throughout the rest of our lives that he will be our provider. Yeah. Trust him. He will be our provider. You know, um, He's looking for those who don't just want his blessings, but want him to go along with the blessings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm looking in, in verse 30. Uh, It says, I am the bread of life, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Um, Verses 41 and 42, then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't Jesus the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? And then Jesus replied, stop complaining about what I said, and then goes on again and talks more about himself being the bread. See, the teaching lesson, that's why I said in the the beginning, every miracle can be extrapolated to teach us a bigger principle about Jesus himself. Right. Jesus is the bread of life. What is bread? It's food and sustenance, Mm -hmm. but you need it every day. You have bread for the day. And then you're hungry the next day if you don't have bread. So we need to have Jesus every day, Ah. you know, and and he wants everybody to realize that along with the lesson that, hey, I will always be here to provide for you. The lesson that you had mentioned that, look, whatever little we can give, we give to God and he turns it into a huge blessing for for that person who's giving of their resources and for everybody around them. These are big lessons Mm -hmm. that Jesus wants everybody to realize. And he kind of had to get on the people. Mm -hmm. They they wanted the perks of being near him. Yeah. They didn't want him. 
Right. So for us, yeah, we need him every day, like what you said. We need him, not just the blessings that overflow from being in a relationship with him. My greatest need is him. Yeah. And I had jotted down, God miraculously meets the needs of his people through his appointed son. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he has met their needs through the son. Mm-hmm. And he gives them what they haven't paid for, and they are sustained. Hmm. Isn't that so true in our own lives? Can you read that again? God miraculously meets the needs of his people through his appointed son and gives us what we haven't paid for, and we are sustained. Hmm. He gave them a meal they hadn't paid for, and it gave them physical sustenance. He gives us salvation that we haven't paid for, and we are sustained through that. Our eternity is taken care of in Christ. He gives us something that we do not pay for. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that's really amazing. So when it comes down to it, this miracle is such an encouragement to everybody. And I hope everybody listening can even think to themselves, okay, I have this little bit mm-hmm. to offer God, but it's not very much. And I doubt it'll amount to very much. And God's like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Give me your abilities. Give me your resources. And I will take and do something with it, you yeah. know, yeah. which is awesome. But it also is the sense that Jesus had compassion on them. They were sheep without a shepherd. They they needed provision. They they were going to be hungry. And Jesus has said, "I'm the bread of life. Yeah. I'm going to give you your your provisions, but I'm also going to teach you something larger about myself being sustenance mm-hmm. for this for the remainder of your life and all through eternity." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I almost can kind of see that. For us to be willing to open up our hand and offer what we do have to Jesus puts us in a position of greater reliance on him yeah. as the ultimate provider. Yeah. And that's the huge lesson. Yeah. He ultimately is my provider. He's my provider in this life, and he's my provider in salvation and in yeah, my eternity. Exactly. And, and I hope that we can um, be people who, when they saw Jesus and they said, he is the Messiah. I hope yeah. we can do that. And I hope we can also say, let's set him up as king. Uh, However, we are looking at it in hindsight, and they're looking at it trying to figure this mm-hmm. thing out. And, and we think to ourselves, oh, we're, we're smarter than them. Well, it's just because we know, because that was back in we history. We have the whole story, we have and they the didn't. Whole story. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if everybody can just say, Jesus, you're king, you're king of my life, you're king over all the universe. Mm-hmm. And we will submit ourselves to him. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, that's a great lesson for us. And the next podcast is also going to be a great lesson of faith. Okay. Jesus walks on the water. And this lesson of faith, I think, is one of the most powerful lessons we can learn in this life that we live. So I'm really looking forward to the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and take it before the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we think about the needs around us, you see them, you see the depth of them, you see the small resource that we hold in our hands, and sometimes we cling to it, we don't want to give it up, it's ours. Lord, help us to open our hands and give the little that we have, give it into your authority to do something with, 
and we pray that you would multiply what we offer and make it meet the need. And in this story, it even exceeded the need. There was leftover, and who knows how that was used. So we pray that as we give our resources, we give of ourselves to you, that you would meet needs, do the miraculous. And let it be a reminder to us that we don't cling to these things to sustain our, to sustain ourselves. You are the one that sustains us. You are our king. You are our provider. You are our sustainer. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs>